Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. If you could go to any point in history, like you had you, you had a time machine, you could go anywhere and just hang out for a little bit, what do you think it might be? Ooh. Um... That's interesting. Like sometime, some era between maybe the fifties and the sixties, just, you know, as a, as a professional graphic designer, purely from an art standpoint, that era really, you know, intrigues me, especially from an advertising standpoint, the twenties is really cool. And, and again, this is going back to either sports or design that I'm looking at. So, you know, sometime, sometime around then, I feel like, you know, 50s some or of the 60s. Is that like the is that like the Warhol era or was that before? Yeah, that that's uh, early 60s enters into the Warhol era and you start to make the transition in advertising from hand drawn advertisements into photographic advertisements and TVs becoming a much bigger deal. And so advertising suddenly hits this big revolutionary standpoint, you know, marketing as a whole uh, really hits hits a hits a corner. Um, in the industry. Really cool stuff. Interesting. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Man, you know, I set this all up. I was going to tell a time traveling joke, but nobody liked it. Okay. Wait a damn minute. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing tonight, Cam? What? Shaking, bacon. 
Oh, oh, not too much. Not too much. Uh, a little on the thirsty side myself. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I am drinking a Gaelic ale from Highland Brewing Company in Asheville, by God, North Carolina. Swig of beer for the working man. That's one of the few craft ones you've brought up on the show that I've actually have had. That's a that's a delicious brew you've got there. Uh, yes, it is. It is quite the treat. Um, it is Asheville's first beer, as it says on the label. It was uh, Highland Brewing's first release all the way back in 1994. So, uh, really set the tone for the Asheville uh, brewing scene, and one of my personal favorites too. It is just a a, a delightful brew. Uh, what about you? What are you drinking tonight? Very nice. Well, at the moment, I'm drinking water, uh, but that's only because I just got home from uh, from dinner at a Mexican restaurant with my wife, uh, at which we we a rather large pitcher of margaritas. So um, figured having a couple more drinks probably wouldn't have lended itself too well to me speaking into a microphone for an hour. Oh, come on now. We haven't have we had drunk Alex on the show before? We've come, know, we've come pretty darn close. I, I, I know we've had Drunk Cam at least a handful of times on this fine program. But... And, and it's it's distinctly possible that when, I am, uh, when I'm out of town in a couple of weeks and you and Jeff Donahue are recording together, that you will get a, a voicemail from a, a severely inebriated Alex. Ooh, very fun. <laughs> okay, forget what I said last week. I may actually play that voicemail. That All week. right. Yeah, that'll be fun. Very nice. Well, that's enough about what we're drinking. And speaking of drinks, it's as good a time, any to mention that Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is a platform where you can find tons of awesome podcasts, just like our friends Doc and Dylan over at the Platinum Sombrero. Yeah, those are stand-up guys over there. Yeah, and speaking of Doc and Dylan with the Platinum Sombrero, you can check them out not only on their podcast, but you can hear Dylan every Thursday night live on Locker Room. Locker Room's a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and use, and essentially it's like a free live podcast app where you can actually interact with the hosts during the show. And you, you really never know, like... I've been on there a couple of times with them. You could catch me or Cam on there at any point. So check out Locker Room, download it on the iOS app, and look out Thursday nights for Dylan Short doing a live version of the Platinum Sombrero. Yeah, we're like that one particular in-law that you never know is going to when they're going to show up, but by golly, we show up and you just got to deal with it. I'm sorry. That was that was mean. I have terrific in-laws and I meant nothing by that. <laughs> Oh, man. So what have you been up to this week, Cam? Uh, I have been talking a lot of baseball. I have been watching a lot of baseball, and I am tired. Exclusively <laughs> Braves baseball, though, right? No. Oh, <laughs> who, okay. Who, 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 would, who would do that? I don't know. I, I, I don't even know anymore. So what, what, what flavor of baseball had you been partaking in? Oh, boy. I have actually I've been watching uh, more more uh college baseball this past week than i have had in a good while of course you know it helps that the super regionals are going on right now so it's super engaging and super easy to find where whereas throughout the regular season it's not but yeah there's there's been some good action going on this week in fact 
I kind of have NC State and Arkansas on in the background because I want to see the Wolfpack cry. Um, but that's uh, that's how my Sunday evening is going. Uh, so, yeah, college baseball. Great stuff. Fun. Awesome. So, actually, um, oddly enough, had uh, had a little uh, run-in with somebody at the, at the store this week uh, that had a bit of a connection to college baseball that I thought was pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Um, so, this, this guy comes in. And he's looking for, you know, a new pair of tennis shoes and a tennis racket. And I, I ask him what he was playing with before. And he gets kind of flustered and was like, you know, I don't remember. Uh, my house actually just burned down. Oh, gosh. Uh, and, and I lost all of my stuff. And I just wanted to go play with my friends tonight. So, cool. Okay. Like, oh man, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that that that's cool that like he's using that as a coping. I mean, that sucks though. That, Yo, that happened God, to him. Yeah. But from a coping standpoint, you know, it's always good to hear people yes. with support systems and you um, know, and, and especially like like physical activity is is a natural antidepressant, and in a situation like that, I imagine that's something that comes in very handy. So so yeah, of course we wanted to to get him set up as quickly and affordably as possible. Um, but end up talking to this guy and he's got a, uh, a 17 year old son playing high school ball that has committed to Georgia tech to go play baseball. Huh? Yeah. So, so I start asking him about his son and you know, his face kind of lights up because his son's obviously a very good baseball player. And you know, when, when people, uh, people just love to talk about their kids when they're doing great things. So uh, I start talking to him. He's like, yeah, my son's he, he's, he plays center field, uh, but he can also play third base. The coaches were really impressed with the versatility there. He's like he's like five and nine. He's not a big guy, but starts telling me he has this cannon for an arm. OK. And and he said that uh, he had a throw clocked from center field on target that got a guy out at home plate clocked at 95 miles an hour. Like very guys. And as soon as he said that, like I almost, like I didn't even know what to say. If you, if you're a 17 year old throwing 95 from center field, Oh my God. Do you have promise? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a cannon. Very cool. Yeah, and and I mean the fact that he's going to 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 Tech, Georgia Tech's no joke when it comes to baseball. Like, like they're not Vanderbilt. Very few schools are, but that is that is some serious baseball he's going to go play. Yeah, that's right. We uh we have a we have a mutual friend on on Twitter that actually works at Georgia Tech in, in the in the baseball realm. Uh, B Mac, he's I believe they're over there equipment or or something like that. But is yeah. that true? I w- actually wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah, he sure does. Yeah, he, he works there at the university. He sure does. Huh. Yeah, very cool stuff. Man, college college baseball is great, although I'm about to turn this game off because NC State just took the lead because Arkansas is choking and I hate everything. Anyway. <laughs> Cam, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I, 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 I have to squeeze this back out of you just because I found it so very entertaining. Okay. Can you talk to me briefly about why, as as a fellow North Carolina fan, you are you seem, in my opinion, to have a little bit more hatred towards NC State than you do like Duke or another ACC school. Okay, all right, let me. 
let me let me walk you through this, okay? So, first and foremost, hear me out. I despise Duke. I I truly do. Good. I despise Good. their their nerdy ass culture. I despise Coach K. Do I respect him from a legacy standpoint to an extent? No. Because no, 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 no. Hear me out. Forty something years in the same job is kind of impressive, and you know, whatever, right? Like, there'll, there'll be no Shashevsky eleven on this show. Well, that's as far as I'm going to get, because he also decides when and when not a loss and a win counts for his overall record, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but, but, one thing that you, that you unfortunately cannot deny about Duke is that they have national championships under their belt. Not only in basketball, but across multiple sports. Um... So, you know, at the very least, you know, still not on par with the University of National Champions who, you know, win in just about everything that they come across. But at least they have some banners hung up around the university that they can tout across different sports. Sure. I'll be I'll begrudgingly give them that. Okay. excuse me. NC State has not won a national championship since 1980 frickin three. And yet, and yet, they meet any NC State fan. I I, I promise you. And and I know plenty, and I am friends with several, and and it is what it is. But there is always just, I don't know if it's a chip on their shoulder or just a grudge, but there is always some kind of attitude of – well, it's Duke and Carolina's fault that we don't get anything good for us. That it, it's always playing the victim about something and always, you know, the ACC. You will not believe how many times I've heard a state fan claim that the ACC is out to get them. <laughs> out to get NC State. Oh, God. <laughs> an original member of the freaking conference. The NC State tinfoil hats. I'm telling you, dude, it's bananas. It's bananas to me. So the analogy, <laughs> the the analogy that I used, um, that I used off air with you about really how I sum up the NC State Wolfpack is this: NC State is that one cousin of yours that jumped the creek in your backyard one time with his bicycle when you guys were eight years old. He is now 32 and still will not shut up about it. (laughs) I promise you. (laughs) I promise you if I ever have to hear the story again about Sidney Lowe passing the basketball between his legs in 1983 against Carolina so they could eventually win the ACC championship or the cardiac pack. If I ever have to hear that story again, I may actually have an aneurysm. Did you know Jim Valvano coached there? Ah! Okay. Okay. Awesome. Great. He won a national championship. Plenty of other coaches have won exactly one national championship. All right, everybody. So you now, you now hold the keys. You know how to get Cam as fired up literally as I think I've ever heard him. Let me tell you, NC State has better luck than Carolina and Duke combined, no matter how much they claim to play the victim. 
I I love every second of this. Go off. I I will I will never forget. I believe it was during the Jameis Winston era at Florida State, where NC State was the underdog against Florida State in Raleigh and managed to beat them. Beat them handedly, right? Got lucky as shit to beat Jameis Winston and Florida State, but still will claim that they are the underdog victim in everything that they do. Did you know that Philip Rivers and Russell Wilson went there? Oh, go away! <laughs> Wilson has to wear platform shoes when he when he goes to the mall so he can see where he's walking. And then Philip Rivers couldn't back out of a driveway. Um, I I, I thought I thought you were gonna go with Philip Rivers couldn't pull out of a driveway. Sure, that's and, it. And, There's a reason the world is overpopulated. It's probably because of the Rivers family. <laughs> Freaking Crimson Chin doesn't know what a com- condom is. Oh, my God. Oh, Ladies Philip Rivers went to NC State. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you are catching Cam Matthews in the rarest of forms right now. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. Oh, I don't. I don't care. God. Hey, remember how great David Thompson was? Kiss my ass. (laughs) He was so great that when I was six years old, I met him signing autographs in a Home Depot in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. (laughs) Oh, man, because those NBA paychecks. Never mind. I'm stopping. No, I'm going to get really I'm just going to get too mean about this. I'm going to (laughs) stop. I'm going to stop. It's it's all right, Cam. I'm already gonna have to mark the the episode explicit. I I kid you not. I, I, okay, okay. I I will end on this note. I kid you not. I have had not one, not two, but three NC State fans that I know personally that I consider good friends. One of which is a relative that I see on a regular basis. Who have told me, who have told me that the NCAA's logo is blue because they hate NC State? Oh, for God's sake. And guess what? They're going to probably beat Arkansas in this freaking game. And then whenever they lose, you know, two to nothing to Stanford or whatever in the College World Series, it'll be because the umpire, you know, had something out against the Wolfpack. And, you know. What are you going to be like if NC State wins the national title? Oh, I'll I'll put my tenfold hat on and call it a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Ah! <laughs> I hate them. I hate them so much. Like, Duke, Duke is a different kind of hate, but golly, NC State just uh, kills me. It kills me. Oh, anyway, man. what well, have you been up to this week, Alex? <laughs> so to to stay on the, the subject of uh, of sports we're watching other than Major League Baseball, uh, I have 
as anyone who follows my Twitter account already knows, I I've been watching a lot of professional tennis this week. Uh, and that's because they're in the mid or they just finished up the, the second major of the year, the French Open. Um, my favorite tennis player right now is named Novak Djokovic. He is uh, he is reason he's my favorite tennis player is because he is from the same town that my mom was born and raised in. Uh, it's it's a it's country called Serbia in Eastern Europe on the Balkan Peninsula uh, and not a very big country. Uh, people have heard of it mainly because of basketball at this point. They're pretty much always the team that's like second to the United States in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's really all they've ever had to hang their hat on. Interesting. Uh, I know there aren't a ton of tennis fans listening to this show, but I'm just going to talk briefly about this because people who have watched tennis for the last 15, 20 plus years have been especially privileged to to get to see something that that you don't often get in sports. Uh, there are there are three tennis players and they are they are commonly known as as the big three uh, in, in tennis circles. And that's Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. Uh, and they are the big three um, because they are inarguably the three greatest tennis players who have ever walked the earth. And all three of these guys are playing at the exact same time. Imagine if, say, you're a golf fan. Imagine if you got <coughs> peak Tiger and peak Jack and, I don't know, let's say peak, peak Sam Snead or Gene Sarazen or someone from an even older generation as a third, all playing at the exact same time. Like you'd, you'd watch, you'd watch every golf tournament that was on TV, but that's, that's what it's been like for, for me and other tennis fans watching for the last 10 or 15 years. The, well, I mean, I mean, from a, from a baseball standpoint, look back at, I don't know, let's say 1960, you've got Mickey Mantle, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays all playing at the same time. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of similar uh, in terms of greatness, but it's, it's different in that. It's not a team sport. Right. In, in fact, it is. And this is one of the reasons I, I found I found it one to be equal parts fun and frustrating to play is because there is no more isolated sport than than tennis. You are you are out there. You are playing. You're the only one out there playing. And there is there is no coach. There is no teammate. There is no caddy. There is nobody that that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas off of, that can pick you up when you get down, stuff like that. It is an incredibly mentally taxing sport. Yeah. That's and on top of like for for these three guys to be this great for this long in in this kind of a sport is incredibly impressive. Um so anyway, getting through all that to say that two of these big 3 Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer have each hold the record for most major tournaments ever won with 20. Okay. Uh, Novak Djokovic, my guy, uh, prior to today had been at 18 and just won his 19th today. Huh. No one else has more than 14 
And I think only maybe one or two other people have more than 10. That's that's how much distance there is between these three guys I'm talking about and literally everyone else who has ever played the game. It's it is truly remarkable. So when you see me freaking out on Twitter about tennis, there is stuff going on right now that that nobody in the history of the world has ever gotten to see. And it's it's very, very exciting. And for me, especially. My guy, the the guy that I like the best is the one that's on top of the world right now. He's one. He's two for two in major tournaments this year, has a very real chance of winning all four major tournaments in a calendar year, which hasn't been done since 1969. And if he can. Nice. And (laughs) very nice. And if somehow he can pull that off. He'll be in sole possession of the all time major record. So I had a, a I was I was up at nine o'clock this morning because that's when the match started in Paris and and watched every minute of the four and a half hours that they were on the court today. It was fantastic stuff. So Fun. all that to say, get into tennis, guys. It might not be your thing, but it is it is as athletic as intense of a sport as you can get. And if if you figure out the game a little bit, it is really compelling television. So I feel like I feel like I would appreciate tennis a little bit more uh, if, you know, if I ever actually just got out and tried playing it, you know, one time. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like I have no reference point to. It's one of those things that looks really easy to do. Oh, yeah, and so that's why, like, I've automatically convinced myself that I would be garbage at it, because if it looks easy, then it's probably hard, and I'm probably not good at it because I'm not very athletic. (laughs) There is a reason that I sang in cabaret in high school and did not play high school baseball, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So so to to tie this into what the show is generally about, uh, there are a lot of parallels between baseball and tennis. In fact, a lot of baseball players retire and start playing recreational tennis. Okay. Uh, and, and I had another guy come into the store this week that uh, had, had me string his rackets for him. And he was going to play in, uh, in the, the finals for his league, uh, which is like the city championship. He's in a, a big doubles match. Him and his partner are going up against some other guy. And this other guy's partner Tyler Flowers. Huh. How about that? Tyler Flowers is is actually, and I knew this before this guy came in and said it. I just hadn't met anybody who was playing him yet. Uh, Tyler Flowers is a big tennis player. Literally. That's a big dude. (laughs) Quite literally. Um, And sweet Lord, like, okay, so you know how when, when you're watching an angle from behind home plate, when you see a pitcher that's especially tall, like a Randy Johnson or even a Chris Martin, just the angle they're throwing from make makes everything like just just throws you completely off. Yeah. So it, it's it's much the same in tennis uh, when you're going up against somebody who's tall like that when they serve the ball and and, you know, their their arms fully extended over their head. The ball's coming down at you from like eight feet in the air. 
So <laughs> one, you got Flowers, who's an athletic guy to begin with. And two, he's like six five, six six. Like that's scary. <laughs> that is that is uh something that would be pretty intense. And uh I don't know if anybody who's listening to this show has uh ha- has access to to Tyler. I, I doubt it, but just in case. Let him know. I want a piece of Tyler Flowers. I want to run into Tyler Flowers on a tennis court one of these days. Alex, he's pretty big. Running into him might hurt. <laughs> it probably would. That's a big dude. <laughs> he's a he's a monster. Like, <laughs> and how, and not just tall, tall but Flowers? like he's a big guy. I want to say. He's oh yeah, like he, he's he's 60. solid. Uh, he's listed at six four two forty five. I thought he was taller than six four. He's solid, though. How do your knees hold up as a catcher being that tall? I have no idea. Huh. No clue. That's a few inches taller than I am, and I was never a catcher, so I'm I'm moot on two points there. I was a catcher for years, and even as, like, a 12-year-old, my, my knees would would kill me after a couple of games. You know, I uh, catcher is the only position I never played in a game growing up. Really? Um, every every other position, yeah, I, I played at some point. Um, I growing up, I was always primarily a first baseman or like a left fielder. Um, played third base a little bit too, but yeah, never never caught a single single pitch in a game. Ever. I, every single sport that I played growing up, which and and I played just about all of them aside from football. Like I always wanted to be the like either the field general or the last line of defense right or something like so when i played soccer when i was real little i was a goalie when i played hockey i was a goalie when i played baseball i was a catcher and i i think that's why i ended up latching on to tennis because you know those kind of positions you don't really answer to anybody you're calling the shots yeah that's that's probably a good point yeah I mean, you know, always be involved in the action at, at some point or, you know, have a, a, a crucial role at some point. It's yeah, like I don't I could, take orders well, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that, that's probably true, too. That's probably true, too. Well, I, I have no good segue here, but what do you say we just go right into this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is June 14th through the 20th. Our first fact comes to us from June 14th, 1952. Warren Spahn in the Braves' 3-1 loss to the visiting Cubs, goes the distance, whiffing whiffing 18 batters in 15 innings. The the Boston Southpaw, who homers for the team's lone run, becomes the sixth pitcher to compile 18 or more strikeouts in the game, but the first hurler who needed extra frames to accomplish the feat. So, hey, uh, Braves pitchers with solid outings and no run support. What do you know? Did you say that he... Also homered for the game's only run? He did. Is there anyone did. else on his team? Uh, in 1952? Mm, not quite. <laughs> I, don't th- I, I, I don't think young, uh, young Henry Aaron had made his way up yet. I, but, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Three, three to one in 15 innings. So you're telling me this Spawn guy was pretty good. Uh, I would argue he's the greatest left-handed 
pitcher of all time, even over Koufax, but I digress. Whoa. Okay. Hmm. I'm 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 on one tonight. Okay. Also, 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 also with the takes today. Also, I have I've been I've been drinking all afternoon. I've been out in the sun all afternoon. So okay. I'm feeling so, it. So give me give me give me a steaming hot take right now. Uh, ooh, steaming hot take. Uh, King Mabel was underrated. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And you know it's true. There's there's one that like three people listening might appreciate. <laughs> does Dunna listen to the show? Like, does Dunna actually? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Dunna, Dunna, it Dunna. If you listen, reply to us in the group chat. Let me let me know that you're actually listening to this because I'll appreciate that. If not, I understand I you're a busy guy. That. What? I'm gonna send him the timestamp so he can he can find it and hear it. Oh no, he already made fun of me this week because of Mabel. As <laughs> should. He called me Big Shitty Takes Man. <laughs> <laughs> he did. That is uh that's a that's a, that that's certainly a thing that Donna would call somebody. <laughs> hey, hey, can we call this episode uh King Mabel? I'd rather not. Please? What about Wolfpack? No. No, but seriously. No. But seriously, we, we should call it Wolfpack and use, like, the, the, the hangover crew. God, no. Oh, did you know Zach Galifianakis went to NC State? No, he dropped out because he's a big dummy. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> the reason he has the Wolfpack speech is because he dropped out of NC State. Are, are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that that sounds cooked up. Nope, that is that is real. That is for real. Look it up. Look it up. Lord. Uh-oh. All right. Our next fact comes to us from June 16th, 1996. So 25 years ago this week. Um, at the age of 83, Hall of Fame broadcaster Mel Allen passes away. His How About That signature line will become familiar to another generation of fans through the syndicated TV show This Week in Baseball, which he hosted from the program's inception in 1977. So, for those of you who don't know, Mel Allen was the longtime announcer for the New York Yankees, and honestly, one of the greatest announcers ever. Um, and he doesn't get mentioned a whole lot now, but what is neat, and as mentioned in that fact, the This Week in Baseball program, every once in a while, will run reruns on MLB Network. I implore you to go out of your way to watch this every once in a while. Typically, it's going to be a clip show from like the mid to late 70s. But This Week in Baseball was an awesome program that I kind of wish we still had today in this similar format where it's just Mel Allen doing voiceover of like, Cool plays that happened during the week, some game results, some bloopers. Like it was, it was humorous, it was entertaining, and it's like a 30-minute block of, hey, here's what you missed in baseball this week, and it's just one guy voice, uh, you know, voicing over it. It's not guys sitting at a desk talking about what happened. It's not guys standing in front of a big screen, you know, showing someone's hitting mechanic. It's just 30 minutes of entertainment of, hey, here's what you might have missed in baseball this week. And Mel Allen brought that to everybody's living room uh, starting back in the 70s. But even before that, he was the longtime radio voice 
for the New York Yankees. Uh, he called Roger Maris's historic home run. He called I don't know how many World Series for for the Yankees way back in the day during kind of their their heyday era in the 50s and 60s. Um, and his line, how about that, is something that, you know, admittingly, I use on air every once in a while. I don't say it necessarily how he did, but, you know, every once in a while, if a cool play happens, I'll throw out the comment, how about that? Um, huh. Yeah, and so it's just, a, it's just a cool thing. And so uh, to wrap this back, to circle back around to you, Alex, because I know you'll appreciate that, in the movie 61, um, which, of course, is set during the 1961 season where Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle were on the home run chase for Babe Ruth that year. Uh, really cool movie. If you've never seen it, check it out. I've talked about it on the show several times. But Mel Allen um, is played in the movie by one Chris McDonald, or as you probably better know him, Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Yeah. <laughs> he sure is. Like, yeah. How about that? How about that? Yeah, Shooter McGavin plays Mel Allen in 61. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, we we lost Mel Allen 25 years ago today at the ripe age of 83. But, um, you know, go out of your way to go try to find uh, some of the This Week in Baseball episodes or um, or even look up some of his clips on, on YouTube because he, you know, the, the baseball commentator who – has a brand, so to speak, is kind of the last of a dying era. Um, say what you want about like guys like Hawk Harrelson, but the guy had a brand. You know, like you knew what to expect from Hawk Harrelson when he was on the mic, whether you liked his uh, his calls or not. Um, but that's something that's kind of gone away in baseball, sadly. But uh, Mel Allen was one of the the innovators of that. So cool stuff. Uh, so we'll stick along with the same year, but our next pack will actually come to us from June 18th. 1996, Brant Brown hits his first three home runs of his career on the same day. The 25-year-old rookie goes deep as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning off of Chanho Park in a 9-6 loss to the Dodgers in the opener of a Wrigley Field uh, doubleheader. But his two additional round trippers contri- contribute to Chicago's 7-4 victory in the nightcap. So that's kind of neat. 1996, yeah. Brant Brant Brown hits his first three, the three home runs, first three home runs of his career over a doubleheader. Very cool. That he debuts in. I'm actually, this is, I I was unaware of Brant Brown as a baseball player. Yeah. Yeah, he is now, uh, now 40, 49 years old. He finished out, his last year played was actually in 2000. So kind of a short, a bit of a short career. Um, but he did retire with 45 home runs, so 42 more after that over the course of uh, four years. So, yeah, approximately 45 more than either you or I had. Oh, fun fact: Brent Brown's actually the current hitting coach for the Dodgers. Is he really? Yes, he actually. Oh, is. okay. I hate him then. Yeah. Okay. Screw him. Why do they hit so well? It doesn't make sense. Hey, those who cannot do teach. Remember? That's fair. Or however that old phrase goes i think i think you got it something like that anyway our uh our next fact comes to us from june 20th 1986 so 35 years ago this week collegiate football standout bo jackson who will eventually spend four seasons with the oakland raiders signs on to play baseball with the royals the defending world champions the Auburn running back has been drafted first overall in the 1986 NFL draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Heisman Trophy winner turns down the Buccaneers' more lucrative offer when the team refuses to let him play two sports. Oops! 
Well, yeah, that worked out poorly for just about everybody because, I mean, if if Bo Jackson hadn't been playing for the Raiders, he might not have gotten that horrible hip injury that ended his career early. Uh, that's true, too. That's true, too. But so way to go, Bucks. Well, Bo Jackson is just an enigma, and I don't know how much more you can say about him, and I don't have a whole lot to say about him because it's probably nothing you've never heard before, but it can't be understated how much of a freak athlete that guy was, right? Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Plus, Bo Knows is still one of the best 30 for 30s ever, right? Oh, uh, yeah, one of the best 30 for 30s, one of the best ad campaigns just in general. Yeah, Bo Knows. Like, it's it's great. It's so great. And, you know, it's such an incredibly well-marketed player. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we're talking about a guy like we've seen several, you know, not several may even be a a lenient word. But, you know, we've seen a handful of two sport athletes, you know, over over the course of professional sports here in America. Um, And, you know, typically it's a matter of the most recent like like, I mean, Brian Jordan. Yeah, I think Brian Jordan is probably the most recent. Um, although Kyler Murray still talks like you shouldn't count him out with baseball, that he still wants to give it a shot. I I mean, why not? Like, yeah, what a... yeah. But I mean, but typically though, when you look at when you look at those athletes, you know, usually they have one sport that's a little more favorable over the other, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Bo Jackson was tremendous at both baseball and football. And it's oh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of bananas. Like you're talking about a guy who, uh, who was an all-star in baseball. You're talking about a guy who had, uh, who was the most dominant player that techno bowl has ever seen because he was just that <laughs> dominant in real life. I've never actually played Techno Bowl, but like I've talked to older folks who have, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, you, you go with the Raiders because you've got you've got Bo Jackson, and you can't stop him." Tremendous, good, yeah, I mean, good stuff. For a guy just his size to move the way he did, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And honestly, you you know you see the dude had a cannon for the for an arm in the outfield. He could hit. He could run. He could play defense really well. The running catch that he makes, and you've seen the clip a thousand times, but the running catch that he makes he out at, yes, where he runs up the wall is still one of the most asinine things I've ever seen because I don't understand how he did that. Right. Like, physically, I don't get it. <laughs> it's, the wall it's, was more scared of him than he was of the wall. That's the wall, brother. Uh, there's a reference that... God, one person will get. Hey, maybe Dunna will get it if he's listening to the show. Hey, all right. All right. Our last fact once again comes to us from June 20th, this time in 1991. So 30 years ago this week, Ivan Rodriguez becomes the youngest person to catch a major league game when he bats ninth in the Rangers 73 victory over the White Sox. The 19 year old backstop called Pudge by his teammates, nails two would-be base stealers, and goes one for four with a two-run single in the ninth inning of the Comiskey Park Contest. An all-time nickname, for sure. Pudge. (laughs) Yes. All-time nickname, but, like, literally, an all-time catcher. (laughs) I think... Ivan Rodriguez might want to be might be one of the more underrated players we've seen maybe in our lifetime. He's, um, yeah, 
easily, he was, easily like a top five catcher uh, in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, dude was phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but he, I feel like you just you don't hear a lot about him anymore. I feel like he doesn't. And I don't know. Was there was there steroid rumors around him? Were there? I don't know. Like, I uh, I don't think so. I, I, I don't recall him specifically being included, but he was he was on a team with Palmero. I can't I can't rule it out. Uh, yeah, apparently he was linked to it. Ah, bummer. Uh, oh, and friend of the show, Jose Canseco, wrote in his book that he personally injected Pudge with steroids. Friend of the show, Jose Canseco? I mean, we're in a group chat with him. You can't deny we that. We are in a group chat with Jose Canseco. Don't ask how, don't ask why, but we are. Don't ask if he's ever posted anything in this group chat, but he is in there. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, the day that he replies to one of our stupid messages. Oh, that group chat is going to blow <laughs> up. Oh, my God. Because we have a crowd of characters in that group chat, and I'm just waiting for the day that Jose Canseco finally replies. I generally speaking, I hate group chats and I decline most of the invites I get to them because they just get so bogged down with with nothing comments. Uh, but this one is just fantastic. It is great. <laughs> it is great. Like it's a fantastic collection of people. There there are times that it is one of the highlights of my week on Twitter because occasionally there will be something posted in there that I physically nearly throw up laughing at. <laughs> It's it's all the stuff that like none of us feel entirely comfortable posting on the general <laughs> <Yeah>. timeline. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's kind of like our our open thoughts area where there, there's no judgment. You just say what you want instead of putting it out on the timeline, no matter how stupid it is. <laughs> and Jose Canseco's there. So, and, yeah. and Jose Canseco may or may not see all of it. We're we're not a hundred percent sure. But what we are sure of. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to review the past week for the Braves and look at the week ahead. All right, friends. Stop me if you've heard this before. But it's been an up-and-down week for the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Which is a thing I say at this part of the show just about every week this year. Just, so, I, th I think it's been every week, Alex. <laughs> it's probably been every week. But then again, we've also had a turning point of the season every week. So uh, when we last left you, the Braves had taken the Saturday night game from the Dodgers, evening up the series and giving themselves a chance to win the series at the Sunday game, which I was lucky enough to attend. The weather did hold off like we were hoping for. We did get our Max Freed versus Trevor Bauer showdown. And boy, was it a fantastic game. Really was. Both these pitchers came out firing. Both of them threw six innings. Uh, Max Freed allowed one earned run. Trevor Bauer allowed three. Uh, Will Smith came in, got the save, but did allow a, uh, a home run to Albert Pujols, which, to be quite honest with you, attending the game, knowing that that didn't lose the game for us, I thought it was pretty cool to see an Albert Pujols home run. I don't think I'd ever seen one before. So... A little bit of history to experience there. And on top of that, the Braves get a huge win. 
and take the series from the Los Angeles Dodgers in the first time they had played them since last year's National League Championship Series. Um, I don't recall that occurring. Abraham Almonte got the got the scoring started in the second with a double to deep center scoring Swanson. Uh, Albies uh, Ozzy Albies continued to pour it on with another double to deep center scoring Freddie Freeman. Uh, Pujols single to right in the fourth scoring Justin Turner. That's right, he had both of the Dodgers RBIs on the day. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of struggling with how to present this, but the next two RBI for the Atlanta Braves. Both came off of the bat of Ender Inciarte. In the sixth, Inciarte singles to right center, scoring Abraham Almonte and, and Eric Adrianza. And then in the eighth, he hit a sacrifice fly to left, scoring Guillermo, Guillermo Heredia. Ender heard y'all was talking junk. Uh, apparently. Apparently hey, he did. Hey, speaking of the weather in this game, were you one of the fans that booed when the sun came out? Because that was very audible on TV and it was hilarious. What? <laughs> Like, genuinely one of the funnier things I've seen in a broadcast in a long time. Um, I did not boo, uh, although that's not to say that I didn't say some kind of expletives. Um, because right. I want to say it was, like, late seventh, early eighth inning that the, the yeah, it, it was it was late the in the game. It was really late in the game. And it had been, like, nice and overcast the whole time. It was warm, but we weren't getting, you know, blown away by the sun. And then the sun came out for about an inning and a half, and I, um, my face is still peeling, like e- I got burnt to a to a golden brown crisp that Fun. that day. Ooh boy! But yeah, I mean, can't talk about it enough. Braves take the series from the Dodgers. Really, uh, you know, got to look at that as a turning point for the season. You know, coming off a series like that. So the Braves go up to Philadelphia for a series against the division rival Phillies and take the first game nine to five. That is exactly how you want them to respond after going on the road, uh, after taking a series from a team like the Dodgers had, uh, had drew smiley, a little bit of a rough start through four and a third innings pitched, uh, allowed two earned runs on 80 pitches going up against Aaron Nola, who the Braves were able to put four up on in his five innings pitched. Uh, Braves got Man, it's almost like Aaron Nola is actually overrated and people put too much weight into his performance anyway. Hmm. <laughs> God, get Cam going on the uh, on the Wolfpack or the Phillies and it's it's going to be good stuff. I don't <laughs> like them. <laughs> uh-uh. No, I can't not. say can't say I blame you. Uh, but anyway, we got a double from Riley, a homer from Acuna, uh, a homer from Contreras, uh, a, a homer from Riley in the eighth. Uh, it was just just a great game. The offense exploded, got good enough pitching, even though they allowed five runs to the Phillies. But you get a win coming off of that big series against the Dodgers, and things finally appear to be pointed in the right direction. What happened next, Cam? Uh, we lost four in a row after getting back to 500. Hey! <clears throat> I heard that before. Uh, it's the fifth time it's happened this year, Alex. Oh, my God. Uh, five It's four-game losing streaks. Five. 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 All coming after reaching 500. Oh, my God. It's... It is almost... 
it's almost laughable at this point. Like, I just, I kind of can't help but laugh at it because it's almost to be expected. Okay, so before we take our deep dive into uh, the disappointment of what came next, uh, we would be remiss if we did not take a little time to talk about our friend, Tucker Davidson. Hey, Tucky. Tucky, Tucky, Tuck, Tuck. Tucky got up on the mound. He got the start in game two against the Phillies. Yes, he did. Gets up there, throws six innings, allows four hits, and no earned runs. Struck out four, only walked one, which is especially impressive given that that was the one thing he struggled with in his prior start when he walked five batters. Only walked one. This kid has made three starts this year, and he is rocking a 1.53 earned run average. I like it. I am um, a big Tucker Davidson fan. You would all, you could almost say that you are Tucker Davidson's friend. I, 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 I say that a lot. You say that a lot. We should say that a lot. He came on the show when we were nothing. He was a double A pitcher at the time. Uh, gave us an awesome interview. I loved every second of it. And and I I put a little post on the timeline after he gets off the mound talking about how personally proud I was of this guy and his success in the big leagues. And then an hour after he gets off the mound throwing six shutout innings, this guy replies to my tweet and says, man, we got to do this again on the podcast in the offseason. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I still can't believe it. I mean, I mean it, what what a freaking guy this is. Like, not only is he a lights out aggressive starting pitcher in the big leagues right now, but he's cool enough to make time for guys like us. Yeah, like, Tucker, this, Tucker this is a special salt, kid, y'all. Salt of the earth kind of guy. Absolutely. Um, and as a salt of the earth kind of guy, Tucker deserved better. He did. Tucker he did. deserved better. Just like Ian Anderson deserved better the next day. Tucker <sighs> gives us six innings, no earned runs. Matzik comes in to relieve him, gives us an inning, no earned runs. Martin comes in to relieve Matzik. Gives us an inning, no earned runs. Braves take a one-to-nothing lead into the bottom of the ninth inning. So moving into the Wednesday game. <laughs> um, we should mention it because if it were a team other than the Phillies, it would it would be pretty cool. Um, but, uh, you know, this guy Williams for the Phillies, uh, 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 first major league home run hits a walk off to to end the night, give the Phillies the two to one win. Uh, pretty cool making your first big league uh, homer uh, a walk off against a division rival. Um, but now I hate him and I hope that never happens again. <clears throat> it, wasn't, it wasn't that cool. 
it you're right <clears throat> anyway anyway so, had a rough walk-off loss after it looked like he had a game in control for most of it gotta come back on wednesday and put up a good showing so who do you put on the mound you put ian anderson on the mound tucker gave us six scoreless innings the night before ian anderson comes out says i gotta do a little bit better than that gives us seven innings with no earned runs one walk and four strikeouts fantastic outing from ian and then the bullpen happened aj minter comes in to relieve ian anderson gives up an earned run uh santana comes and cleans up his mess luke jackson comes in has a good inning chris martin comes in instead of will smith like the night before and blows it in the 10th after we were gifted two runs in the top we of the were 10. gifted we were gifted gifted jose alvarado couldn't like he couldn't throw a ball that his catcher could catch hey you you, you want to hear you want to hear something kind of sad what's that the Braves do not have a base hit in the 10th inning this season. The Braves do not have a base hit in the 10th inning this season. And it's especially funny that, that that's true, given that the Braves scored two runs in the 10th inning in this game. Yep. Took a 3-1 to one lead into the bottom of the 10th. And then lost 4-3 to three without recording an out. And lost four to three without recording a single out. Look so, at the stars. Look how they shine for you in everything you do. Somehow you just made that worse. And it was all yellow. Oh, come on. You're you're white. You like Coldplay. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Oh, Lord. Hopefully people have stopped listening by now. Oh, no. My wife heard me singing. (laughs) (laughs) She just texted me, and I quote, weirdo. That's fair. She's right. Can you feel the love? Hi, Megan. Hi. It's not her. No, that is not. Is that going to be your voice? (laughs) Yes, yes. I I, I married a Muppet. That is my wife's voice. Hi. Hi. Oh, anyway, so the Braves lose the series to the Phillies after uh, arguably being in position to sweep the series. Um, Really just two bad half innings uh, cost the Braves the series. Hey, speaking of series sweeps, the, uh, the Cubs just defeated the Cardinals on Sunday Night Baseball, I believe, for the series sweep. That game just finished in two hours and 43 minutes. Welcome that feels to Sanford's like America. That, that feels like it is a prime time ESPN Sunday night game just finished in less than three hours. ESPN is just drooling on themselves right now, loving every second of it. Anyway, back back to what you were saying. Uh, so the Braves go down to Miami from Philadelphia for a series against the Marlins, which, God, after that rough ending to the Philly series, you, you really have to hope is a get right series for the Braves. So you have Charlie Morton taking the mound against Sandy Sandy Alcantara. Is it Alcantara? That's how I pronounce it. But then I hear, like, Chip Carey will say Alcantara. Alcantara? Yeah. You're leaving out an A. I'm confused. Contra. I'm bad with pronunciations, guys. 
I know I screwed up a lot. Anyway, Charlie Morton gives us four, a lot of fours, a lot of fours on uh, on Charlie Morton's line. Four innings pitched, four hits, four runs, four earned runs, four walks, three strikeouts. Tough day for Chuck. Tough day. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and and Sandy on the other side goes six innings, allows two earned runs, uh, which I'm no mathematician, but that seems better than four. Uh, Braves lose four to three after having a two to one lead. Um, just, just it was like seeing the previous two games just on repeat except they were wearing Marlins uniforms this time. So that's three in a row. Head into the Saturday game against the Marlins. You got Max Fried on the mound, taking on uh, a a really unproven prospect who's only making, I think, his second appearance in the majors, uh, a guy by the name of Zach Thompson. So it's Max Fried, right? It's the Marlins, right? It's an unproven prospect pitcher, right? You're going to win this game. Didn't you joke about that last week that you were like, oh, maybe there's a chance to rough up an unproven prospect in the Marlins? I did. I did say that. I did say that. Yes, you did. Um, yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Just like I brought up the Madison Bumgarner thing earlier this season where I was like, oh, yeah, Matt Bum's just going to find it. Yeah. And then he no-hit us. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Stop what me, happened today, Alex? Stop me if you've heard this before. Adam Duvall hits a home run against the Braves. That dude's that dude's got to be hitting like sub 100 against anybody else, right? He's hitting. He's hitting. He's got like a 20 batting average against the rest of the league. He's hitting, <laughs> nine, he's hitting 900 against the Braves. It's just not fair, especially considering he played for us last year. Mm-hmm. And boy, could we sure use an outfielder right about now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the least surprising thing ever, though, it because really as, is. as soon as he signed with the Marlins, we all knew. Yeah. We all knew. Every yeah. single one of us. Every that one of us knew what we were in for. Here a little bit. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, so the Braves have lost four in a row for the fifth time this season. Let's see. But let me tell you. You do not want to play the Atlanta Braves when they've lost four in a row. Because, buddy, you're not going to (laughs) win. It's so stupid, but it's true. (laughs) Oh, I hate baseball so much. It's the worst. It really is. Ah! Um, (laughs) Not only had the Braves lost four in a row, they had Drew Smiley on the mound and clearly plugged in their getaway day lineup with Abraham Almonte hitting cleanup. So, of course, so, of course, they start to score some runs and they win a game. Um, Riley had two RBI at the first. Aridea, uh was hit by a pitch which scored another run. You were up three to nothing after the first. Riley hit a solo shot in the third putting you up four to nothing. You were up five to nothing by, by the time the bottom of the fifth started. Like what, what 
sixth inning, you get a home run from <clears throat> you get a home run from <clears throat> you get a home you're run right, from right over Ender Inciarte. Ender Inciarte. It's a home run in this game. What is going on? Like, does Snicker have to tell these guys that they lost four games in a row just every day? Would we go undefeated if they thought that they lost four games in a row prior to each game? We need that uh, that men in black device where oh, after, every, after every game, we just wipe everyone's memory and let them know that you're on a four-game losing streak. And by golly, we got to write this shit because you play one game at a time and baseball's hard. And that's just what you do out there. And it's, there's no I in team. And we're just going to go out day after day and try our best. And we really didn't have it. I'm sorry. Thanks, Skip. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Braves win six to four, bookending the week with some good performances, with just some some junk there in the middle that you got to clean up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it's so it's so tiring. I just don't want like win one, lose one for the rest of the season. Just just don't give me these four game losing streaks anymore. I'm I'm so tired of it. So, thankfully, we've got a much-needed off day on Monday. Going into Tuesday, we've got the second two of our four-game season series against the Boston Red Sox here in Atlanta. We've got Tucker Davidson taking the mound against Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been having a pretty good season for the Red Sox so far. Wednesday, we're back up with a 7 o'clock start against the Red Sox with Ian Anderson taking the mound against Garrett Richards. Should be two pretty interesting games. Quite frankly, I kind of expect us to split these just like we did the first time. Yeah, I'm sure much to the uh, chagrin of Mayor Lobster. <laughs> I, I, maybe he'll call back and give us a recap next week. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, he's very tired tonight. I doubt he's calling in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Why is that his signature phrase? I don't know. I have so many questions. Because Mayor Lobster has a tough time stringing thoughts together. <laughs> and so maybe he just says words so there's not an awkward pause. And that's just what it ends up being. Anyway, don't don't sweat the technique. Uh, so we got our two against Boston on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, we start a four game set at home against the St. Louis Cardinals. First time we're seeing those guys this season. First game of the series on Thursday is a 720 start with Charlie Morton up on the mound against John Gant. Don't confuse him with Ron. Friday, we come back for a 720 start. Ron Gant was safe. Ron Gant was safe. We've got Max Fried on the hill going up against Carlos Martinez. Saturday, we've got a 7:15 start on Big Fox. Big Fox with Drew Smiley on the mound up against Adam Wainwright. Oh, then, gross! I know, I know. I was just gonna move into the next game. Um, oh wait, wait a damn minute! Yes. Doesn't that mean we get Joe Buck calling a Cardinals game? Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's gross. I think, 
I think. Fox might have other commentators. I'm not sure if it's going to be a Joe Buck game. Um, if, if that's the national game. Like, nat, yeah. But I might not watch if it is. Because they, don't they put, like, four different games on Fox regionally on Saturday night? I do not know how Fox does their Saturday night coverage. I don't know. But anyway, here's one I'm excited about. The Sunday game, the the, the end of the series against St. Louis. We are on ESPN with a 7 o'clock start, which means the entire nation gets an opportunity to watch our friend Tucker Davidson take the hill against the Cardinals. Hey, Tucky! And I will be there, and oh my God, I am going to be hoarse when that one is done with. I'm going to be screaming my little heart out. It is an open slot for the Cardinals, so we're, we'll have to see how they work out their rotation, who we uh, uh, who we pitch they're, up or who they pitch up against Davidson. What were you saying? They're, they're having some trouble. The Cardinals are uh, like rotation-wise. They, I mean, you know, they they still got Wainwright, of course, but all of a sudden you pluck uh, what's his name? What's his what's his butt? Uh, Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. You know, did you know that Jack Flaherty, Max Fried, and Lucas Giolito went to the same high school? Boy, how'd you like to face that oh high school? Oh, my God. Here, 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 here. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when two drunk guys record a podcast? Uh, <laughs> drunge. <laughs> drunge. <laughs> and we'll preview this a little bit more next week. But uh, after the Cardinals series, we are traveling to Flushing Meadows. To take on the Mets. And who are we facing in the first game of that series? Oh, Cam, God. guess. Guess. I, I'm looking at it. Uh... Luckily, it's a 5.10 p.m. start for some reason. So that is weird. What the heck? What is I that? I don't understand that. Is June 21st is not a holiday, right? No, it's not. It's the day after Father's oh, Day. We got a, oh, we got a double header. That's what it is. Oh, yep, you're right. We do. We do. We do. Interesting. Oh, God. We got to face DeGrom in a seven-inning game? We're going to get no hit. <laughs> We're getting seven-inning no-hit for the second time this season. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Watch. Watch. We'll 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 touch we'll be the only team all year to touch him up. We'll put up 10 runs on him in 7 innings. I don't know how, but it'll happen. We'll talk about that next. We'll preview that more next week. Good god. Ooh, boy. But anyway, recap. It is 2 against Boston and 4 against St. Louis this week. We'll see y'all this time next week to talk about what happened. And preview the week ahead after that. But for now, my name's Alex. For Cam Matthews, we'll see y'all next time on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye! With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. 
If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.